Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you are tuning in for our series, Wind and Fire, where we are seeking a deeper encounter with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to ignite your spiritual life with holy fire. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Well, happy Spring Liquid Church. Let's welcome all seven of our Liquid campuses joining us today, as well as everybody watching from laptops, phones, and TVs. I'm Pastor Kyra, and I am so glad that you're joining us today as we continue our church-wide small group series, Wind and Fire. Now, for the past four weeks, we've been diving deep into the person of the Holy Spirit. And last Sunday, Pastor Tim taught us about healing and the Holy Spirit. We actually learn one of the manifestations of the spirit is when God reaches out to touch someone with a broken body or a hurting heart and brings healing and wholeness to their life. So last week at the end of our services, we invited everyone to come forward for prayer and the response was incredible. Guys, our altars were flooded by people seeking a fresh touch from God. Can I, can I show you? some pictures. I'll tell you, in some campuses, there were 20 people deep waiting to be prayed for. And I want to thank those of you who waited patiently in line to be prayed for. I'll tell you, people came up for all kinds of physical, emotional healing, and God moved in powerful ways. In fact, today I want to share two amazing reports. One of them is from our Passaic County campus pastor, Pastor Jim. He sent me this email. It's of someone who actually wrote to him and said, Hello, Pastor Jim. I hope you're having a blessed week. On Sunday after service, you prayed over my husband, Edison. My son Gabriel and I joined you in prayer by putting our hands over my husband's stomach. The Holy Spirit came over Gabriel. My son shared he felt tingling in his arm when we prayed over my husband. We also prayed over Gabriel's chest to be relieved of asthma. And once again, my son, who is 12 years old, says he left church breathing clearer. He went on to say, I want to thank you for praying for my family and I want to share how I love our God because he's so merciful and so loving and I can't get enough of how much he loves me and my family. Here's a picture of my family that I, that I Wilson from the Passaic campus took of us on Sunday. May God continue to use you, Pastor Jim. Is that not incredible, church? I actually have another report of someone from Morris County, a small group leader, shared with us this praise report. She said, I was in line to pray with the prayer team. That was last Sunday. Karen and I got to talking and I told her how it was so strange how a week ago I woke up with my hand all swollen and in pain. So she placed her hands over my hands and we prayed for a healing of my hand. Voila, I woke up Monday, went to do yoga and I noticed it was all better. Not sure exactly when it resolved itself, but it was sometime between Sunday noon and Monday morning. I honestly wasn't even paying attention. I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I truly feel the Holy Spirit gave her healing abilities because of how she clasped my hand in hers, and it was done with so much love. Can we thank God for how Holy Spirit moves through his people? 
Listen, if you're new to Liquid, you have to know, we believe in this church that the Holy Spirit is alive and active and God still speaks today. Amen? Amen. Well, today I want to teach you about gifts of the Spirit. And to do that, I want to invite you to open up your Bible to Acts chapter 2. If you remember, we began this series with this passage. And I want to read it to you today because I want to point out something very important. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, this passage describes what's known as the day of Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost. Now, Jesus had promised his followers that they were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So his disciples were actually huddled together in the upper room. They were all praying because they were waiting for this promise to become true. And recall, a violent wind blew through the room and tongues of fire rested over each of them. If you remember, that's where we get our series title, Wind and Fire. Because for the first time ever, people were baptized in the Spirit. But notice something in verse 3. The fire didn't fall like one giant flame in the center of the room. Instead, verse 3 says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Have you ever wondered why didn't the fire, which represents the Holy Spirit, come down in one single ball of flame in the middle of the room? Like, why couldn't they huddle around the fire and warm their hands like in a campfire, right? Have you ever wondered that? If you have, the answer is because the fire then would have been specific to that room. And people would have had to access and come to that space in order to access the Holy Spirit. Instead, notice the fire fell on each person. It came to rest separately on each one. Not just some, but every person in that room got a full flame. The men got a full flame. The women got a full flame. The young and the old got a full flame. The educated and the uneducated, the rich and the poor, each of them got a full flame. No discrimination and no exceptions. So what does that mean? What that means is that every single Christian has a full flame of the Spirit. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a full flame Christian, baby. (laughs) Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Even though we all have a full flame of the Spirit, a lot of us act like all we got was a big lighter instead. (laughs) We don't really believe we have the full flame of the Spirit. So we're actually content with the lackluster power of a big lighter. Let me show you what I mean. How many of you, if you had a sick friend 
and you brought them to church, you would prefer to ask one of our pastors to pray over your friend rather than you praying for them. Or how many of you are afraid or you feel kind of uncomfortable to talk about your faith at work? Or even to invite that coworker that you know would be blessed to come to church? Now listen to me, there is no shame if you have done it. But I want you to know that God has always intended for the full flame of the Spirit to be equal in size to every other person, regardless of whether you believe it or not. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of our time today. Because at Liquid, we want to fan into flame the spiritual gifts and the abilities that the Holy Spirit has uniquely put in each of you. So to start us off, I'm going to ask you a question. Raise your hand and show hands. Let me know how many of you know you have a spiritual gift. Some of you, okay. Do you know what it is? I'm going to take a risk, and I'm actually going to go live here, okay? I want you to turn to your neighbor, maybe turn to the person you came to church with. If you're watching at home, type it in the chat, and tell that person what your number one spiritual gift is. And if you don't know what it is, or even if, what a spiritual gift is, just share with them one thing that you're really good at. Like, what comes naturally to you, okay? I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Now go. All right, tell me, somebody yell something out. What did you get, T? Discernment, Julissa? Anybody get shopping? Maybe that's just me. <laughs> look, let's look at the Bible because I love how the Bible explains uh, what spiritual gifts are. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, and it says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. In other words... Just like each of you have a full flame, God also has given each of you a unique gift that helps people around you. I love another translation says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. In other words, for reasons you and I will never understand, God gives his children access to his power out of his extravagant love and generous favor. So every Christian has a one-of-a-kind spiritual gifts that comes from the Spirit. It is supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. supernatural. The Bible says God has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. I want you to notice you don't earn it and you don't apply for it. They're not rewards for good behaviors, and they're not awards for special achievements. It is a gift, and a gift, by definition, is something that is given to you. It's a gift of grace. Do you know what grace is? Grace is God's undeserved favor, and it isn't just for the forgiveness of our sins. It also includes God's generosity as he gives out all of these gifts and talents to every believer. So I want you to understand, your Father in heaven has given you supernatural abilities to all of his children, regardless of any merit, any accomplishments, any success, and any maturity. And I say the church should say amen to that. Eh? You don't get spiritual gifts. You receive them. 
which leads to our very first big idea for the day. I want all of us to say this truth together. Here we go, church. The Spirit has given me a spiritual gift. Now, I want you to think of spiritual gifts as divine enablements, special Spirit-given abilities that the Holy Spirit imparts to every Christian, mere mortals, to build up Jesus' church and to carry out the specific role that God created you to play for the mission of seeing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, it is an ability given to you by the Spirit to you to make a difference, first in the church and then overflowing into the world. Now let me ask you a question. Does anybody here like superhero movies? Yeah, some of you. Our family loves watching them from Spider-Man to Batman, the Avengers, you name it, we've watched it. And inevitably, we always get into a conversation of what superhero we would like to be. I always want to be Wonder Woman. I don't know why. <laughs> but here's why. Secretly, we all want a superpower. Don't you, don't you agree? Like, I always wish for the power to read minds. Now, I'm not nosy, church. I'm just curious. <laughs> we all want a superpower. But do you know? You actually have one. Christians have superpower. We call them spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not talking about natural abilities. You see, most of you have a natural ability, something that you're good at, that when you use it and even learn how to make money off of it, it feels great. But that's operating in your natural abilities. Understand, it is only supernatural. It only has divine power when it's unleashed in the body of Christ for the common good. And it's so important to know what your spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit is that the Bible actually warns against being ignorant about them. Check out what 1 Corinthians 12 says. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be, what's the word, church? uninformed. In other words, God wants every single person to know about spiritual gifts. He wants you to know what they are and what they're not. So you need to be clear. Spiritual gifts, they're not just for the superstars of the church. They're not given to some people so that they can show off or for other people to feel jealous because they want that gift and instead I got another, or even to compete against each other. Understand, there are no spiritual haves and have-nots. There are no spiritual elites in God's kingdom. Why? Because every gift is necessary, and every Christian has a gift. Remember, the Spirit has given me, you, a spiritual gift, a gift to do something supernatural, that other people need because each gift makes a contribution that's absolutely necessary. Think about it this way. In the body of Christ, everybody serves somebody when they use their spiritual gifts. Can we say that together, church? Let's put it up back in the screen. In the body of Christ, everybody serves somebody when they use their spiritual gifts. That's why there is a great variety of spiritual gifts. The Bible has multiple lists of spiritual gifts. Some of them overlap. You can actually see from this graphic, there's a lot of them. 
By my count, there's like 27 gifts that are named here, but they're not exhaustive. They're representative because the Spirit is always working and He's always doing something new, amen? But these are a pretty good place to start. You can see they all come in, in all shapes and sizes. There's the gift of administration. For example, um, anybody here feel like spreadsheets is their love language? That is not me, so I won't say amen to that. But if that's you, you have the gift of administration. There's also the gift of healing. Some of you experienced that last Sunday when you got up to receive prayer. In fact, this is actually really cool. I was talking to my friend Linda Kang. She's a small group leader here at Liquid, and she told me, Kyra, my shoulder was bothering me. So at the end of uh, last Sunday's service, I went up for prayer. I couldn't move my shoulder. And after someone prayed for me, I got full range of motion. She was blessed by someone else's use of their gift of healing. And then there's the gift of apostleship. That's like a weird name, right? What is that? Well, apostleship are the people whose gift is to plant ministries and churches. They like have a, a unique ability to go into places where the gospel is not preached. So I'd love to just put that screen back up, and I'd love to ask you, can you start identifying maybe some of your gifts looking at this graph? Because here's the thing. Even though there is a wide variety of gifts, they have one thing in common, according to verse 11. Paul says, it is the one and only what, church? Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. In other words, every believer has at least one gift that the Spirit has given them to build up Christ's body. And some have even more than one. And make no mistake, they are all supernatural. And for some gift, that's obvious, right? Like you look at the gift of prophecy and you're like, yeah, that sounds supernatural. Maybe you look at the gift of healing and you're like, oh, that's definitely supernatural. But I want you to take a look at the gift of help. Do you know where you would typically see that gift in action in a church? In the kids' room. I want to show you a picture of my daughter, Gabby, helping a kid on Sunday by wiping his nose. Now, you got to understand, church, this girl won't even touch a dirty plate at home without wearing gloves. And here she is blowing Graham's nose on a regular Sunday morning. You think that's not supernatural? Think again. Sounds funny, but I'm dead serious. When a 13-year-old girl uses her supernatural gift of help, do you know what happens to that kid's parents who are getting wiped out by this toddler at home? They now get to sit in service for an hour and 15 minutes. They get to enjoy worship and feel encouraged by it. They hear the message and they feel challenged. And at the end of the service, they can even go up for prayer and be blessed by other people who pray for them. And at the end of 70 minutes of supernatural activity, they get to pick up their kid who was being cared for by all that time by someone with the supernatural gift of helps. That is what the full flame of supernatural gifts looks like for you and for me. So understand, because we each have a spiritual gift, you've got something I need and I've got something you need. In other words, in the body of Christ, 
everybody serves somebody when they use their spiritual gifts. For example, when Pastor Tim is up here preaching, is that helpful? Yes, <laughs> right? It's not just me. Oh, yes. He's using his preaching gifts, and we all feel blessed. But now watch. Typically in a church, whatever gifts the leader has becomes the gift that everybody else wants to have. But that's not the way it works. Because if everybody was the same part of the body, like if everyone was an eye, do you know what we'd be? A monster. It's called a cyclops. <laughs> so understand, we all have different sets of gifts, and that's a wonderful thing. Because guess what happens when you sit at church enjoying Pastor Tim's gift of teaching? You're also being blessed by other people's spiritual gifts. Some of you, someone today made a cup of coffee for you this morning or helped you find a seat in this room. They're exercising their gifts of hospitality. Maybe you'll come up at the end of the service today and someone with the gift of mercy will pray for you. Because do you know what? Believers who have the gift of mercy, they are the backbone of the prayer power in the church. Amen? So you see where I'm going? In the body of Christ, everybody serves somebody when they use their spiritual gifts. Now in 1 Corinthians, Paul actually uses the Greek word pneumaticon, which comes from the word for spirit, pneuma. It means breath. Paul wants us to see that the gifts that we have are not of our own choosing. Church, you can't choose your giftedness any more than you can choose your eye color. Instead, you got to open yourself to the truth about who you are and who you aren't designed by God to be. But now watch. How you operate in those gifts is the degree to which that flame is fully fanned in your life. Remember the full flame that the Holy Spirit gave to each person in the upper room? That same full flame you have been given in the spirit is the flame that at liquid we want to fan. We want to fan the flame of your spiritual gifts. Because here's what you need to understand. Spiritual gifts are caught. They're not taught. Remember, it is power from the Holy Spirit that's released sovereignly into your life without any human involvement at all. But once that power's been released in your life, it's your job now to make it operational. In other words, church, as Uncle Ben famously told Peter Parker, with great power comes what? Great responsibility. You have been given great power. You've been given power by the Spirit of God through the impartation of spiritual gifts. But now it's up to you to use that power responsibly. Remember, liquid church, stop operating as a big lighter when you were meant to have a full flame. In other words, you need to develop, nurture, and mature the gifts that the Spirit has given you. Okay, so how do you know what your spiritual gift is? Because I know that is what most of you are thinking. Well, the first thing that I want you to know 
is that spiritual gifts are a personal gift for the public good. They're not discovered, developed, or even exercised in seclusion. Instead, you discover them in the context of community. Because sometimes your gift will be visible to other people who are familiar with you, and they're going to call it out on you. Uh, many of you know that I am a pastor's kid, and I grew up in the local church. And when I was around the age of 12, the pastor's wife at the time, who was an adult that invested in me, she saw something in me, and she invited me to teach the Bible to little kids on Sunday morning. She was the first person who recognized my gift of teaching. And she invited me to become a Sunday school teacher at the age of 12. Now, I wasn't sure if that was something that I could do, but she felt sure. And so I borrowed her faith and I said yes. And I began teaching the Bible to little kids on Sunday mornings. By the time I was 15 years old, I went on a missions trip to Colombia. And one of the organizers of our trip recognized my gifting of teaching again and asked me, hey, could you teach the Bible to the people in Colombia as part of a service that we're going to do? Guys, I thought it'd be fun to share with you a little video that I found on YouTube of 15-year-old Kyra preaching the word in Espanol in Bogota, Colombia. Some of you will understand what I'm saying. Others won't. But I want to play for you a small clip. Enjoy. Quiero compartir con ustedes una palabra que se encuentra en Hebreos 15 years old, and I already had the gift of accessorizing, yeah? <laughs> Guys, it's amazing. But can I tell you, I thank God that by his grace, I'm still preaching his word 25 years later, amen? And after all this time, I still feel most alive when I teach the Bible, which is the second thing that I want you to be on the lookout for. Using your gifts makes you feel alive. And what I mean by alive is a sense of joy or exhilaration that you get when you're exercising your spiritual gifts. You know, it never fails that I feel most alive when I'm operating in my giftings, whether it's leadership in my ministry role here at Liquid or teaching from God's word in whatever scenario that is. Why is that? Because exercising spiritual gifts is one of the most joyful things that we can do. We're actually tapping into the image of God that is stamped inside all of us. And when we operate the full flame of the Spirit, we actually become more like our Father in heaven. Because we become energized. And so you need to pay attention to all of that. Now, I thought it would be really cool to show you what that looks like on a practical level. And to do that, I want to invite my good friend, Elizabeth Chang, to join us. Elizabeth is a marketplace leader who works in New York City. She is one of the most spirit-filled people that I know who keeps in step with the spirit and uses her gifts both in the church and in the world. Can you help me welcome her today? Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank How you. are you? Great. Good Let's to see you. Let's take a seat and chat here for a little bit. Great. Now, Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about how long you've been coming to Liquid. 
Absolutely. So my husband, David, and my boys, Nick and Alex, we've been part of Liquid Church for over 10 years now, believe it or not. This is a photo of us uh, in September of 2012 at our very first Liquid Outreach in Nutley. And then this is the four of us just from this past Christmas. That is amazing. That's amazing. Now, I hear you're part of the Passaic County campus. Yes, Yes, and we are so excited for our new campus to open in Wayne this spring. Can we hear it for Passaic County? Come on, we're so excited. We get to launch this spring. Now, uh, I want to go back to the spiritual, to the list of spiritual gifts that I was showing earlier, because everybody right now is thinking, well, what is my spiritual gift? So Elizabeth, can you actually share with us out of that list, what is your top three spiritual gifts? Absolutely. So for me, my gifts, uh, top three would be encouragement, teaching, and words of knowledge. Mm. So encouragement and teaching are pretty self-explanatory, but words of knowledge might sound a little strange. Mm. So let me explain. In my experience, words of knowledge are when the Holy Spirit brings to mind a song or a scripture verse, something that I need to send to someone, or when gives me this idea of a specific way Mm -hmm. I want to pray for someone, telling me things that I could not have known on my own. It's really letting God use me Mm -hmm. to tell his children that he sees them and he cares about them and he knows what they're going through. And he uses the gift of words of knowledge to do that. Mm. You know, what's super interesting is hearing you say that actually reminds me like, because you and I are friends, I see that in you. Like, it's really cool to see the spirit bringing that alive inside of you. But tell me, because you're so confident what they are, how did you discover them? Like, what was that journey like? Absolutely. So definitely journey is a great word for it um, because there was a beginning that was a little awkward. There was the middle and then (laughs) hopefully no end this side of heaven. But it really started with an awareness. Mm. I would have these thoughts like I need to say something to someone or I need to go pray for someone, but they're not even getting up for prayer. Mm. And I would resist. Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, I would start to feel nauseous. I would feel this pressure in my chest. And it wouldn't go away until I obeyed Mm. and actually spoke the words that God put on my heart to say. And then I could see from the reaction, the feedback from the people that I spoke to, that these words were true. And it touched them and it blessed them. So next time I would get that feeling, I would obey a little faster. And each time I did it, it became easier and it started to feel more natural. You know what I love about what you just shared is that it's so clearly a journey of progression. Like you went from discomfort, you felt nauseous, I can relate at times, (laughs) to then taking risks to now actually operating freely in partnership with the spirit. It's such a great journey to see. So thank you for sharing that with us. But I think it's a perfect segue to actually ask you, what do you do for a living? Where do you work? Absolutely. So I am a corporate attorney and I work at a large Wall Street law firm in downtown Manhattan. I've been there for more than 20 years now, believe it or Mm -hmm. not. Um, Basically, I advise companies on how to uh, sell stocks and bonds to investors in the capital markets. No wonder you need words of knowledge. Words and numbers, (laughs) yes. Words and numbers of knowledge. Now, Wall Street, oh my gosh, everybody has seen the movie. It is a cutthroat industry. Tell me, how do you keep in step with the spirit in such a cutthroat industry? Like on a practical level, how does that look like? So I think sometimes about connecting with the Holy Spirit 
in my day at work, sort of like the way I listen to a radio station. Mm. So the radio waves are constantly there. The sound waves are always being broadcast. But it's my choice when I tune into the broadcast or how much attention that I pay to the music. Mm. So sometimes I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing that I don't even bother turning the radio on. Sometimes I might tune in, but the songs are just background noise or they're static mm -hmm. and I can't hear the words. But sometimes when I slow down and I focus, the song that's playing becomes really clear mm. and it sort of fills me up. And that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. When I choose to tune in to what the Spirit is broadcasting, even if it's just for a second, I can let the Spirit's song fill me. Mm. I'm then aware of what the Spirit is doing, how the Spirit is leading, and I feel empowered to take that risk, to reach out in love to someone around me and speak the words that I hear God giving me. Oh my gosh, I feel like my mind is blown. Is anybody else's mind blown? Like I've never heard that analogy of tuning into the Spirit like you tune into a radio, but it makes a lot of sense actually. So. Let me ask you this, because you said you work in Wall Street. It's a very cutthroat industry. How do you use those gifts there? So I use them covertly, not overtly <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> but really, so the gift of encouragement, for example, that one's not so tough. It's about paying attention to saying thank you to someone that maybe isn't usually mm -hmm. seen or yeah. thanked. Um, or it's about praising someone's work to their supervisor when you're in their presence. But there's actually even an opportunity I find to exercise the gift of words of knowledge. I try to pay attention when I'm meeting with someone or I see them in the cafeteria to that feeling that I sometimes get that something is going on beneath the surface and then take a minute to tune into them and to say, hey, how are you really? And whatever it is that they need at that moment, if it's encouragement or if it's support, then I try to provide that for them. They won't know mm -hmm. that it was a divine appointment, but I know that it was God loving on them in that moment. Okay, you sound like you're a wonderful boss. It's like <laughs> the opposite of the movie Horrible Bosses. You guys have seen that movie. Now, what you just shared, truthfully, we're joking, but in all seriousness, what you just shared reminds me of this beautiful verse that Paul speaks of in Galatians. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Elizabeth, you're a woman who is clearly living in step with the Spirit, okay? We know that. So tell us, how do you use your gifts in the church, like at Liquid? What do you do? So being here for so long, I think I've probably volunteered to serve on just about every one of our amazing dream teams. And we um, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, and I started serving in Liquid Family. Shout out to Liquid Family. But the dream teams I've ended up committing to are really the ones that align with the specific gifts that God mm. has given me. So mm. I can use my gift of teaching every week as I co-lead life group with my husband. Mm -hmm. um, I can, uh, through the prayer team, I can share words of knowledge with the folks I'm praying for. Mm -hmm. But probably the role that I most appreciate and enjoy here at Liquid Church is that I'm an associate pastor, and so I'm on volunteer mm -hmm. staff here at Liquid. And as an AP, I get to use all the gifts. <laughs> okay, wait, I have to call it out because you're both a lawyer by training and a pastor, and so am I. So I got to acknowledge there is some lady lawyer pastor power up in here, okay? <laughs> but last question, how do you feel when yeah. you're operating in your gifts? Yeah, honestly, Kyra, I feel so excited. Mm. Um, I love my job. I love being a lawyer. 
but being a lawyer is what I do for a living. When I'm using my spiritual gifts, that's when I feel truly alive. I get excited. I get happy. Because in those moments, I truly feel like this is what I was created to do. I feel like you just did a mic drop. We got to repeat what you just said in case you, you missed it. Being a lawyer is what you do for a living, but using your spiritual gifts is what makes you feel alive. And that is exactly how God intended it to be. Can we thank Elizabeth for sharing with us today? Thank you so much, my friend. It's a blessing to have you with us. Now, some of you here today may be thinking, well, that's great for Elizabeth. She has a gift, but I still have no idea what my unique gift is. Or maybe you may, you're even struggling to believe you even have spiritual gifts. If that's you, I want to share one last tool, one thing that's going to help you discover your gifts, and that is a spiritual gifts assessment. Now, we've actually placed a spiritual gifts assessment in your Liquid Church app. So here are the things that you have to do. Open up the Liquid Church app, Then once that opens, you go ahead and you click on Sunday or church online and then click on spiritual gifts assessment and voila, you're going to be right there in, in the test. All of our small groups this week will actually have 30 minutes to answer some questions in the assessment along with your group. You're going to be able to confirm some of the gifts that you've already started identifying for yourself this morning. And even if you're not part of a group, you, you can take the assessment by dial, downloading our Liquid Church app. And please note, you will need to create a login in order to take the test. It's just part of the process. But after you take the test, can I invite you to share your results? I know your campus pastors would love to know, hey, what are some of the gifts that you have? Because they'll be happy to help you start using them as a way to develop and start nurturing them. Now, some of you may already know what your spiritual gifts are. You've been sitting here. God's been heating up your interest. He's been deepening your appetite to use them, to develop them even more. I mean, I started preaching at 15 years of age. It's taken me 25 years to develop this gift to where I am today, and I'm still working on it. And some of you are on the same path with your particular gifts. You may be feeling a burden to help use the supernatural gift of help to serve someone. It could be the next generation. It could be the special needs population. It can even be just a friend in your community. For others of you, you've gotten a gentle whisper, a nudge like Elizabeth was talking about, that you need to share a word of knowledge with someone. And still for others of you, you may have experienced a surge of power when you prayed for someone last Sunday and they got healed, like what happened to Kathy, the leader who came up for prayer last Sunday and her friend Karen prayed for her hands and she got healed. So if that's you, what's your next step? Well, I want to end our time together by reminding you of the words spoken by the Apostle Paul. Paul was an older, mature father of the faith who had a young apprentice called Timothy. And Paul wanted to use his gift of encouragement with Timothy. Do you know what encouragement means? It literally means to encourage, to put courage in someone else. 
And whenever people do that, whenever people encourage other people, the body of Christ is built up in faith as a result. So I want us, all of us, to read Paul's words together. Here we go, church. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Church, we want to do everything at liquid to fan the flame of your spiritual gifts, to help you discover them, to help you nurture and develop them. And when Paul encouraged Timothy to fan into flame his spiritual gifts, he was talking about the gifts of the Spirit that God gave to Timothy through the laying of hands of Paul. So today, I want to end our time in the same way. And I want everybody to stand up right now. I want to invite you to stand up because as you're standing up, we're going to put a hand on the person who's standing next to you. So go ahead and do that now. Lay your hands on the person who's standing next to you. And I want you to tell them right now, I see the fire of God in you. You are a full flame Christian. And you need to operate in the power of your gifts. For some of you, you need to fan the flame of your spiritual gifts by simply discovering them. For many others of you, you need to fan into flame your gifts. You know what they are, but you've buried them for the last two years. They've been unused and underground, maybe sitting in a pile of dirt. Do you know that God is calling you right now to fan into flame the spiritual gift that he has sovereignly laid in your life? For the blessing of others, not for the blessing of your life. God wants you to feel the joy of what it actually means to feel alive when you're operating, when you're exercising all of the gifts that he's given to you. Remember what God's word told us? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can, what church? Help each other. And make no mistake, there are people here who need your gift and could use your help. So it is crucial to have every woman, men, student active and using your gifts and living as a full flame Christian for the building of the body of Christ. Let me pray for you, church. Go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, we thank you for every son and daughter of yours that is hearing my voice. We thank you that through your Holy Spirit, Lord, you have sovereignly released power, breath, wind into everyone here. And the Spirit has given them a gift. We thank you that because of that, we can operate with the full access of your power. You have given us a full flame of your Spirit and you're calling us today to release it into the world, to build up your church and then to overflow into the world. So I pray that you would build the faith of your children, that you would stir up in them appetites to go deeper into the operation and exercise of their gifts, Lord. Open their minds, open their hearts. For those who don't know yet what those gifts are, I pray you would meet them later this week when they're opening their spiritual gifts assessment. For those who do, Lord, I pray you give them an even bigger desire to use them in your church, to be part of the supernatural activity that you invite us into. We thank you for that, that comes out of your love for us. And we pray all this in your son's name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.